Hey everyone, I'm really excited for this week because we have Tyrell Hunt, who is the author, producer, and editor of The Sound of Southside. I'm excited because he lives in Queens just like me, and I love supporting people in my community. His work is impeccable. He was gracious enough to let me see a preview of his movie, and it was just beautiful. And I got to talk to him about it. If you would like to read Tyrell's book, you can go to the link in the show notes and all of his social media platforms are there. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello. Hi, Tyrell. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. I watched your movie, The Sound of Southside, yesterday. And wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so let me back it up a little bit. So Mm -hmm. you also grew up in Queens. I am um, in Bayside area. Okay. And I believe you're in like Jamaica States area? Yeah, originally I'm from Rosedale, which is in Southeast Queens. And now I'm living in the Jamaica area. Nice. Okay, okay. So we're we're sort of from like around the same area. (laughs) Right, right. So, okay. You wrote... The Sound of Southside as a book, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you created a movie from it. And mm-hmm. first off, when did you have this idea? <laughs> um, I think the first spark for the idea came about in twenty. Well, actually, farther back, twenty eighteen. Um, I was working on my first film, April Again, and I was working with jazz musicians to compose the music for the film. And just through watching their process, I became very inspired. And I just remember being in that room and wanting my next film to feel like that room. Um, So the idea was initially going to be a film. But then when COVID happened, um, you know, you know how that goes. Everything shut down. So um, in an effort to stay creative, I decided to turn it into a book. So I started um, writing the novel. And then when things started opening back up, I was like, well, it was going to be a film idea initially. So I want to keep it um, and try to, you know, adapt it into a film. So I ended up doing both. Wow. Which is a big, you know, undertaking. And I didn't read the book yet, but the movie is just. It felt very. Like very realistic, but also very I'm trying to think of the word as if I was living it. And as if it was just happening outside of my house. And maybe that's because also I was able to see like where you were filming. I, I know. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I've been to the, um, the DMV right there, not the DMV, right. whatever. Like I've mm-hmm. been to those landmarks in your movie. So for me, it felt, you know, not just like I was watching something that I couldn't connect to, mm-hmm. but it was very, natural and very real and even from the first second when you put on the movie and I was watching it on my computer I put it on and the jazz was all around me yeah like it was surround sound and Mm -hmm. I even paused that one second and was like is it actually (laughs) like am I hearing things but it was just surround sound and it was Mm -hmm. beautiful I mean, thank you, thank you. I don't know how you filmed it all right here, yeah. mm-hmm. but it was it was beautiful. <laughs> thank you. So the the goal is definitely authenticity. So um, that's what I want. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, 
it was a challenge because I wanted to find actors who could actually play the instruments rather than just fake it. Um, one, because I didn't have the, the budget to actually like work with somebody like a, um, a musician specialist who can make the actors look like they're playing the instruments. So I actually needed the, the musicians. And also, I just wanted it to have that that real feel. So I worked with real jazz musicians. Um, I really prioritized the score. So um, I want to give thanks to my my bro, um, Stephen Fowler, who composed the score, and also Kofi Hunter, who was the, the music supervisor. They helped build that world. Um, and I just gave them a prompt because they're both from Queens. So I gave them a prompt of like, create what you think um, the community feels like to you. And they just took that and ran with it. And as far as the the visuals and all of that, I definitely wanted to establish like a authentic sense of place. So um, I really prioritized um, shooting it on location in Jamaica, Queens, on Jamaica Avenue and all of these places, even though it was difficult to shoot there because of all the, the commotion and all of that stuff. And we didn't have permits. So um, that was difficult to execute. But I, I wanted to evoke that feeling of um, you know, what you're saying, like you, you recognize these places. And, um, you know, I, I knew that that would go a long way. So I'm hoping that people from Queens can identify that and like that. But I'm hoping universally people can also identify in some of the themes and find common ground there as well. Yeah. And I was, I was watching it and I, I noticed there were a few things that were very relatable. So you have this main character, Malachi, who you're already rooting for from the second you see him within the first frame of the movie. And you you think about innocence, dreams, generational differences, um, politics, dirty yeah. politics. Um, and like those are, I feel like, the four main things that I think of when I think of your movie. Right. But it's also very organic. Everything that happens in the movie is organic. And when I was watching it, I was rooting. And then there were times that I was like hiding my face. And and you just, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. But yeah. <laughs> you you feel very fulfilled by the end. Yeah. But you, the whole movie, there's, you, it's unpredictable. Yeah. You know, which is great, but also very nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 definitely um, what I was going for to kind of um, build tension throughout the movie and then have a satisfying ending. Um, because my last film, April Again, I I kind of left it open ended and um, the protagonist didn't necessarily win at the end, which I was going for. But I, I realized that um, it doesn't have that rewatchability, like because um, it, it kind of takes a toll on you by, by when you get to the end of the movie you don't feel that sense of completion. So with this one, I kind of wanted to wrap it up like like it's a fairy tale so you can come back and watch it. And um, even though it is a roller coaster throughout the film, I wanted to have that closure so you feel good about um, where the story ended up. So that was very intentional. Yeah, I wrote that the ending was very fulfilling. Like everything yeah. was wrapped up. And I mean, it's it's all as as the word that you said authentic but very realistic like you you and you can tell me if i've spoiled anything but you just have this main character who gets home from being in college for 4 years which not everyone gets a chance to do right and right. you know the second he gets home it's like well now what are you doing like society's right. like okay great now you showed mm -hmm. us all 
that you're the big shot here. Right. What are you going to do? And mm-hmm. it, and this poor guy has a dream and it's like, okay, what roads are you going to take to achieve it? Right. And exactly. it's very realistic in the sense that like we get out of college and we have a dream mm-hmm. and it's you either give up that dream sometimes or yeah. you don't, but then if you don't, mm-hmm. how are you going to achieve it? And it's, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was very beautiful. And the characters, I felt like were very, like, the, you went into detail without going into detail, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no necessarily, like, a background story that you shared immediately, right. but you understood it. Yeah, and that, that was, um, that was kind of out of necessity, because the, the first script that I had it had everybody's backstory and all that stuff. But then when I break down the budget and I realize like, okay, like this would require this many shoot days and like I would need a budget of this much to really get into everyone's backstory. So um, I kind of just condense it at the, the best that I can and try to show everyone's intentions through um, the actions that they do and the scenes that we see. Um, I would say if anyone is interested in, in reading the book and watching the film, it would definitely be beneficial because I go farther into everyone's backstory in the book. And um, the book is a lot different than the film because I didn't have a budget to worry about, obviously, when I was writing the book. So I was able to make the world a lot bigger um, through the book. But I'm happy that I did both. But um, when it comes to the film, it's it's a lot more condensed as far as everyone's backstory. Yeah. And I've read that um, one of the biggest differences between the, the written form and the movie is that in the book, um, some of the characters, it's their point of view for some of the chapters. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. So um, since since I'm coming from a filmmaking background, and this was the first book that I had written, I, I, I was struggling with, like, I started off writing in Malachi's perspective, but then I wanted to write everyone else's story as well. So um, the way I, I guess, remedied that was, Malachi has a couple of chapters and then we branch off and go to the, the people who, who um, work at the bar. We, we, we see the, um, the story from their perspective and we go to Afini's perspective and so on. Um, so it kind of reflected film in that way where you, you, you have this hero's journey, but you also have other people. So you want to flesh out their story as well. So the, the, the book kind of reflects that because we go to their perspective for chapters. Yeah, I, I, I kind of love that as like maybe I should have read that before I watched the actual movie, just because you get it from the, I mean, the acting was really spot on. I mean, just from the facial expressions and like the minute stories that you put in there of those background characters, you get it. Like you understand what's happening. But I feel like as you're saying, like the book is telling you all the nitty gritty details that are written in the movie just very differently right like we still get a sense of mm-hmm. who these people are and what they want out of life and mm-hmm. it it's just i i don't i always am in awe of people who can write stories and create movies because you're telling a whole world that doesn't necessarily exist right like mm-hmm. the story we know has happened right i'm not going right. to give it away but like we know <laughs> certain people have experienced this kind of story mm-hmm. but you had to create it all yeah i don't i don't know your experience but you know it's it it's amazing how your brain can create this yeah i think for for me 
even if I'm writing a fictional story, I like to start from like a foundation of like truth and things that I relate to and things that I care about. And then like everything else sprouts out from that. So um, for example, the whole um, graduating from college thing that we spoke about, um, that part kind of comes from my own experience of like, once you get home, what do you do? Um, how do you pursue your, your dreams, but also like, how do you support yourself? And um, so stuff like that came from my own experience. And then um, through a vehicle of jazz music, I started to like get into the, the fictional world. So that's kind of how I started it. And what was your process like for creating these characters? Because they are very unique in their own sense, um, but they are so beautiful and rich. And how did you come up with all the characters? Because there there are a bunch of them. There's what, like mm-hmm. 10 characters that are kind of, I mean, Malachi is your main character, but the other ones mm-hmm. I feel like are still very big in the story. Right. Um, I like I like to create like mashups of various people that I know and just bring different parts of them into each character. Um, for example, um, Afini is very much based on my wife in a lot of ways. Um, and also my, my wife played Afini in, in the film. Um, she, she's an actor. Oh, I, I just want to plug my wife. So she, she has a, a Hulu show coming out um, this week. Um, it's called Saint X and it's premiering on Hulu and I'm, I'm very proud of her. Um, but yeah, she was, she was in the film and she's Jamaican and, um, through conversations with her, I started like, you know, putting together the pieces of Afini, but also, um, keeping it fictional, um, fictional as well. And, um, through Malachi, I think, um, so I, I work full-time at a place called Jamaica Center for Arts and Learning. It's a nonprofit art center in Queens. And, um, we do something called Thursday Night Jazz. And we're constantly working with different jazz musicians and um, I'm constantly hands on, like working with them. And like through that, I start to pick up um, like the way they talk and the different things that they want out of life. Um, So more so in the book, um, Malachi talks a very specific way, like his slang and all of that stuff. And I pull that directly from um, the interactions that I have through the jazz musicians I work with um, at my job. So um, yeah, I think for every character, I can probably name a couple of people who I pulled like um, different traits from them out of. Wow. Your wife is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Her acting was amazing. Her accent, amazing. She's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Okay. Her new show is on Hulu. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes. That's amazing. And I love that that's something that you guys got to do together because I'm sure most couples don't get to do that. And to have her included in something so big and beautiful is yeah. probably a really special, unique experience for you too. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. She um I, I first started like making little amateur documentaries while I was in college. But as far as like really trying to tell narrative stories, like um that was through meeting her and like we were best friends before um we got together. And um, it just started like I knew she was an actor and I was a filmmaker. So it just made sense for us to start like making little short form films. And by the time we get to like feature films, like we just have that chemistry where, you know, we're able to just speak in, um, you know, just we understand each other without without saying words sometimes. So I'm really appreciative to to have her as a, a muse and 
she brings so much to the project as well, not just through acting, but when I'm coming up with this story, like I'm bouncing ideas off with her and like, you know, especially with the Jamaican stuff, like she's able to tell me what's authentic, what's not. Um, so she's she's great. Yeah. And and that storyline of Athene is also very relatable and very, you know, everything in the story is very up with the times here and corrupt politics. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that we may not necessarily see on the front all the time, but we know we know that it's happening. And sometimes it is very aware and we see it in society mm-hmm. and sometimes right. we don't. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for 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 the for the politics part, I'm I'm not very um political, but I do notice like working on Jamaica Avenue every day, it's like the community is changing a lot in terms of gentrification, but it's also still very like dangerous. Like there's still pockets of it that's just like like shady or whatever. So it's like we're putting all this money into the community and like bringing Shake Shack and you know Cold Stone Creamery and all of this stuff, but like there's still things that that need to be cleaned up. So that that was my um, um, observation of, you know, just being on Jamaica Avenue every day. And um, I don't know who's behind it. So I kind of condensed everything into this one character, council member um, Jackson. But um, yeah, that was that was kind of my observation. Like, hmm, this is this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It it was again, I think that the whole movie is very authentic and realistic and i'm curious what you want people's biggest takeaway to be Mm. well on a music level i would like people's takeaway to be that um jazz is not dead it's still um living on and it's being led by the youth in a way that a lot of people don't know unless you're really immersed in that culture so the fact that I was able to like um, through my job and everything kind of have a front row seat and see like these young jazz musicians really pushing the envelope um, that inspired me to like share that story um, with the masses. So jazz isn't dead for one on a music level. Um, I want people to know like what the current state of, of Queens and specifically Jamaica Queens is like um, in that it is a, a melting pot. So you have um, immigrants and um, things like that um who all have their own stories and hmm i think <laughs> i'm trying to think of one more thing but um most mostly i just want to show that um black music and black culture is is living on and um yeah i, I hope people get a, a a look at what queens is like in this day and age yeah i think that's amazing and i i do think that everything that you want people to take away from is there. Um, so yeah. great job there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm curious, what was your biggest obstacle through this journey of writing and producing and editing? Because you produced it, you edited it, you wrote it, and yeah. you directed it. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I think on every, like, different level that you named it comes with its own obstacles so writing was probably the easiest thing because there's less pressure it's just me and the script and you know if it doesn't end up becoming a film I'm the only one who has to know that but once I start involving other people there's um a lot of pressure um first it comes from raising enough money 
So this was my first time, like all my other films were self-funded. Like I'm just paying out of my bank account to make this film. But this is the first time where I was trying to get a bunch of grants and fellowships and all of that stuff to, to fund the film. So while I'm doing that, I'm also like casting the film and all of that. So it's like you're, you're making promises that the film's going to have him, but you're also hoping that the funding comes through. So that was a lot of pressure. And um, I had to rewrite the script a bunch of times because I, I started thinking I was going to have this budget level, but a lot of grants that I didn't um, get made me like condense the script more. So that was a challenge. As far as actually shooting the film, you, you're, you're dealing with the elements for one. So like when we're outside, you know, if it rains that day, you know, you have to pivot. Um, if we're shooting right on uh, Jamaica Avenue, so the pedestrians jumping in your shot and all of that stuff, you, you deal with the, the police telling you move along. You got to deal with that as well. And then when it comes to editing, um, that, that was a difficult process for me because um, I'm not like a, a natural like editing is not really my craft, but it's something that I picked up out of necessity because I didn't have the budget to, to pay any editors. So I started editing my own work. Um, so I, I work really slow with that. And um, I had to raise more money for that as well for the post-production side. So yeah, it's every, every, every stage there's different obstacles, but I, I really cared about this story. So I wanted to keep pushing through all of them. Yeah. Were there any moments that, that felt like the dream was impossible? Um, yeah, there, there, there were a few moments, mostly in pre-production. Um, once we got rolling, it was like, we're gonna finish this. It, it might not be good, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it, we'll get to the finish line. But um, there was a point when we were casting the film. That's another thing is like, um, like the actors, for example, it seems to be inevitable. Other filmmakers go through it as well, but like you'll start with one cast. And by the time the film starts, like so many actors like keep dropping out and you have to keep pivoting and like um, finding other people to um, fill their spots. But each time you have less and less um, time to really like bring the actor into the world. So there, there was a point when like um, the lead actor, we, we had a different Malachi at one point, um, but he ended up dropping out so i was like scrambling to, to to find a malachi and at that point i was like all right I'm, I, I think i might just scrap it because if we don't have a lead we don't have a film and it's hard to find um, a lead who can also play saxophone so i was really happy to find james ross because he had the perfect blend of experience he's a trained actor he went to nyu and all of that but he's also been playing saxophone his whole life so he really saved the film in a lot of ways yeah. And his character, I feel like his acting is very natural too. Like it just felt like mm -hmm. these were people that I would see on the yeah. streets of Queens and like that I would interact with and you know, they weren't they weren't just actors. Like they were right. real people, which was a really nice cool experience. And I'm I wonder also if you because I personally have imposter syndrome all the time. Mm. Like even before an interview, I'm like, oh my God, what am I, who, who do I think I am? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever experience that? Yes, um, especially working with actors who have a lot more experience than I do. Like there's this guy, um, Ron, well, Ron Bryce, the guy who played Martin, um, who worked at the bar. Like I've been watching his films since like, 
um, the 90s. He, he, he's in some of my favorite films. So um, just the fact that he agreed to be a part of the film um, and like day one of the film, I was working with him and a bunch of other people. We, we shot all the bar scenes on that day. And um, I was I was I felt really nervous to just like address everyone. And, um, you know, it, like you said, it was like, who do I think I am to to try to like put this project together? And that, that's that's heightened when you're working with people who, you know, have experience and been in the industry. So, um, yeah. This is definitely a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I I always love hearing about how um like directors approach the cast and obviously you had your script. Was it a very open like conversational experience or was it kind of like I have the script here, we're gonna pretty much follow it and and like were there any rewrites that had to be done as you went along because something just didn't feel like it was meshing with the characters that you had yes um a lot of filmmakers say like the, the film is written three times like it's written when you actually write it then it's written again when you direct it and it's written a third time when you edit it so um there was a lot of changes throughout um first off I, I like to listen to the suggestions of the the cast like if something's not working I won't fight them on it because they're the ones who have to say it so um I encourage improvisation a lot um, so there's a lot of like great lines where I'm like, ooh, I didn't even write that. Um, so that that's one thing is just um, listening to the cast um, and, and changing accordingly. But then when you get to the editing process, you realize that like certain scenes like really just don't work. And um, as filmmakers, we try to hold on to them sometimes because it's like, like every part of the film is like your baby and you don't want to let it go. But if it disrupts the rhythm, you have to let it go. Like, there was a whole scene um, where Malachi is applying for jobs and stuff like that. And I created this like really quirky montage of um, like potential employers talking directly to the camera, like um, delivering a rejection letter. And it was great, but it just didn't fit the tone of the film. Um, it was just too quirky. And I was like, this is just too comedic. So I took that out. Um, also, another part that I took out is half of the like, a good percentage of the film was going to be animation. Um, so like, a, like, for example, a musician would be playing the instrument and I would just shift to animation for a couple seconds and then shift out of it. Um, so I, I spent a lot of money getting that done, but I ended up taking that out as well. Um, hopefully, like, I'll, I'll probably put it out like through like content and stuff like that. But it was just another thing that I felt didn't fit the tone of the film. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to picture those those as you said quirky moments in it and it mm -hmm. does change the tone quite a yeah. bit um mm -hmm. but also like really creative right yeah. like it's mm -hmm. a really creative point of view and you still have it so like you still can use it for other things and as you said other right. content to promote the movie and things right. but i i love yeah i love the flow of the movie everything felt very natural and i kind of like that there was no distinct timeline like you don't mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know, okay, it's been a week. It's been this yeah. amount of time. It was a very natural flowing, which is kind of also how we feel in life. Like the days go right. by. And my other biggest takeaway was like, we don't really know what someone's going through, you know, yeah. unless we ask them. And even then we might not know, but there's some right. big twist in the movie, like several of them, where you just mm -hmm. don't actually know what these characters are going through until you do yeah 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 
that's something I was I was definitely trying to drive home is like in for for the first couple of scenes you can judge the characters um but then as the story um kind of unpacks itself you'll you'll realize why people make the decisions they do and I think in a lot of ways that that reflects um life and that that's another thing that um is further explored in the book where you really understand the the characters choices more um just through their circumstances and the cards that they were dealt and you know how they how they play them is you know it's i don't know the word but we 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 see how they play them but we don't really see the cards they were dealt in a lot of ways right and that's and that's life like i you know we walk around and you know we try not to judge the people around us but we don't know what anyone is going through and you know we have to be kind to ourselves and kind to other people because sometimes some of the choices that they make are the only options that they have at the time exactly. and that's that's unfortunate and scary but that's that's the life we live like yeah. you know mm-hmm. for sure well the movie airs it debuts may 13th right mm-hmm. and it's debuting in queens yes so i am doing a premiere event on may 13th at jamaica performing arts center um that's free for all it's also going to serve as a a book signing for me um so it's going to be two like two part i'm going to be signing books and then um we're going to screen the film as well um but as far as it being out for the world that's gonna wait that's gonna have to wait a while because after we premiered in queens we're going to go on the film festival circuit so um i've submitted to a bunch of festivals and the hopes are for the film to reach the world. And then after all of that, I'll, I'll release it online and, and, you know, for everyone to see, hopefully on a streaming platform or something. Cool. Well, that's exciting. And if any of the local Queens folk want to go see it, RSVP online, I assume? Yes. Is it sold out? Um, <laughs> no, no, um, they, they can definitely RSVP. Um, they check out my, I have an Instagram specifically for the film. It's called um, Sound of Southside, and in that bio, you'll find the the RSVP link for the film. Cool. Well, Tyrell, this was amazing. I think that what you put out into the world was just simply authentic and beautiful, and I hope you're very, very proud of yourself and all that you've accomplished, and I I can't wait for the rest of the world to see it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. This of thing course. Though. Well, maybe I'll see you at the at the premiere. I'm going to get this out before then so that okay. any Queens people that are here or listening can mm-hmm. go and see it um, right. and tell your wife she's amazing, beautiful actress. Um, <laughs> and yeah, well, thanks for coming on and have an amazing day. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. Bye. Bye.